M A I N M U N U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for the week of January 3rd, 2014. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very pleased to have you with us today here on Main Menu. Happy New Year to you, and we hope it's starting out as a great new 2014 for you. We have a very busy program today, a very jam-packed program, and so we want to get into that right away. Here's what's up for today. Main Menu Executive Producer Chase Crispin starts this out with a review and demonstration of the U.S. Bank app for iOS. That's followed by the holiday greeting by ACB President Kim Charlson. And that then is followed up by the final part of our review of iTunes with GW Micro's Window Eyes. This is part five and the final part. We sincerely appreciate GW Micro letting us air this wonderful tutorial and webbinder from their series of webbinders. And we would encourage you to check out their other webbinders at www.gwmicro.com slash training. They have not only the iTunes web binder that we've been hearing here, but many others that you may be interested in taking a look and listening to. We're going to go ahead now and get into our show for this week. You have a fantastic new year, and we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. Here at ACB Radio's Main Menu, we are always looking for feedback from our listeners. If you have any feedback about something that you have heard here on Main Menu, suggestions for things you would like to hear on future programs, or if you are able to record a product demonstration or interview for us, please get in contact with us by sending an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also get in contact with us via Twitter. Our Twitter page is at www.twitter.com slash mainmenu, or you can follow at mainmenu with your favorite Twitter client. Finally, all of our contact information, past shows, and more can be found on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. Thank you for listening to Main Menu, and we look forward to hearing from you with your thoughts about our program. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin, and today I'm going to be talking about the U.S. Bank app for the iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad. And for any of you that have a bank account with U.S. Bank, you will really want to check out the U.S. Bank app in the iOS App Store. It is free, it is very accessible, and it is very easy to use. I was rather surprised when I started using it that uh, this banking app works as well as it really does. So I'm going to go through some of the basic features. It has a lot of advanced things, but we'll just take a quick look at some of the major features within the app. So I currently have my iPhone 4S in front of me, which is running iOS 7.0.4. VoiceOver is turned on, the phone is unlocked, and I'm currently on my home screen 
focused on the icon for the US Bank app. So I'm going to go ahead and double tap here to open the app. Help button. The first thing we get to when the app opens is a help button that would just provide some information about the app, but we can flick right to skip past this. Log into mobile banking. Heading level one. This is presented in kind of a web page format, and the first option we see is login to mobile banking. Great. Four start. Text field. List start. This is not a labeled text field, but this is your username for online banking. And if we flick right again, remember my ID. Checkbox. Checked. List end. We hear, remember my ID checkbox checked. So your user ID or your username, if you check this box, which I have done since I've used this app quite a bit, once you check that checkbox, your username will automatically be filled in in the text box like mine was. Now you notice it read the first few letters of the username, but it did not read the entire thing. And this is for security purposes. It doesn't show your entire username in case someone else had access to your phone. But that is my correct username, where it said four stars is just some of the other characters in the username. So I do have this checkbox checked to remember my username. Go. Link. And if we flick right, we find the go link, which will move us to the next step of entering our password. I'm going to flick right, however, and see what the next item on this screen is. Enroll now. Link. If you were not a member of online banking, but you did have a U.S. bank account, you could double tap here on enroll now, and that would allow you to... Create your online banking account. Get login help. Link. If you were having trouble getting logged in, you would double tap here to get login help. Locate ATM slash branch. Link. You could locate an ATM or a branch of U.S. Bank near you. About mobile. Link. This will tell us about the mobile app, version number, things like that. About you. S. Bank. Link. This will tell us about U.S. Bank. Contact us. Link. Contact us. Online privacy and security. Privacy notice. Copyright sign to Copyright, and that is it. Now, I want to go back. On, about, about, locate, get, locate ATM slash branch. Link. To locate ATM and branch to show you how easy this is to use before we get logged in. And I got to this by flicking left from the bottom of the screen several times since we had already passed this option. So I'm going to double tap to activate this. Enter zip or address. Search field. Now, this is not the first option on the screen. So I can flick left. ATM slash bank locations. Heading. This just tells us what this home is. And then we button. have a home button. So I'm going to flick right again. Eight. Enter zip or address. To get back. Search field. To this search field. I'm going Insertion to point at end. type in my zip code. Capital Y. More. Numbers. And you do need to find more numbers. More. Letters. To get to the numbers part of your screen. And I'm going to type in my zip code real quick. To save time, I've edited out the typing part of this review. But I have typed in my zip code. Go. I found go in the lower right corner of the screen, and I'm going to double tap. Next 10. Link. Now, it found quite a few, as you heard it say there's next 10. So I'm going to do a four-finger single tap at the top of the screen. Back button. Which moves us to the first item in the screen, which is a back button. If we wanted to return to the screen where we entered our zip code, if I flick Locations. right. Locations. Heading. U.S. Bank Blair. Heading level one. List start. The nearest one to me is the Blair U.S. Bank, which is correct. 2.6 miles. Heading level 2. It's 2.6 miles from me currently. ATM. Heading level 2. They have an ATM is what that is saying. 1,865 Washington Street. Heading level 2. That is the address of the bank itself. Blair, Nebraska. 6 Blair office. Heading level 1. 14.0 miles. Heading level 2. And now there's another one 14 miles from me. Branch. Heading level 2. 1865 Washington, Blair, U.S., Bank Fremont Suburban, 
Heading level one. And here's another one. 16.2 miles. 16.2 miles from me. So you're seeing that these get farther and farther away. Now, unfortunately, in this version of the app, you can't actually get directions to the bank. You saw the address, but I could not tap on it to open it in maps, get turn-by-turn -turn directions. But you could copy and paste that address into your GPS app or into a Google search to find out directions to the bank. But unfortunately, the way the address is set up within the app doesn't allow you to actually go out and get turn-by-turn -turn directions. But at least this allows you to find out where the closest bank is to you. Uh, if you're visiting another city or something where you're not sure where the bank is, but you need to go make a deposit or take some money out of the ATM, you can just very easily tap on that, type in your current location. You didn't have to enter a zip code like I did. You could also enter an address and it would tell you the nearest U.S. bank branch or ATM to you. So this is a quick way to find out the nearest bank and ATM from wherever you are. I'm going to do a four-finger single tap at the top of my screen again. Page one of four. Back. Button. To get to the back button, double tap. ATM slash bank. Home. Button. The first control on the screen where we entered our zip code is a home button. That will get us back to the home screen of the app, so I'm going to double tap here. Help. Button. And we're back to the screen that we first looked at when the app launched. Login. Great. Four stars. There's my username if I flick right. Remember my ID. There's the remember ID checkbox. Link. Now I'm going to double tap on the go button, which I got to just by flicking right. Go. Link. Processing. Ellipsis. Enter your password. Secure. Text field. List start. This app is a little sluggish sometimes. You heard it say processing as it found my username. So sometimes you might have to wait two or three seconds to see the next screen. It's not bad, but you will notice that it's not instant. I am now being asked for my password. Now, if you had never used the US Bank app on your iOS device before, you would be asked one of your security ID shield questions before you logged in. So this is asking me for my password just because it recognizes that this is my phone. I've logged in on this several times, so it's just asking for my password. But if you were logging in on a device for the first time, you would probably be asked to answer a security question to ensure that it's actually you logging in. So I'm going to double tap on this text field. Secure. Text field. Is and I'm going to start. type in my password. Go. Four hundred ninety-three. I double tapped on the go button in the lower right corner of the keyboard, and now I'm to the next screen, which shows any bank accounts that I have access to. My accounts. Heading. The first control at the top of the screen that we get to when we get to this next page is the My Accounts heading. This just tells us that this screen shows us all of our available accounts. Log out button. We could press this button by double tapping to just sign out of the app. If you are done using the app, you probably want to do this just to be safe, just in case um, this will allow you to log out so that no one else can get into your bank account. Balances as of 01 slash 01 slash 14 20 p.m. CT. Heading level 3. That tells me how accurate my bank account balance is. Deposit accounts. Heading level 1. Now I have deposit account. $716.46. Link. List start. It's going to tell me how much is in my account. Checking. Ellipsis. Link. And then you hear checking ellipsis, and you would have normally heard four numbers, followed by the word link. Now, I edited out, just for security purposes, those four digits, but it would normally tell you the last four digits of your bank account number. And this isn't normally enough to give anyone enough information to hack into your account or anything, but since this is going on air, I just decided to be safe and take out those numbers. But you would have normally heard something like, checking ellipsis 0000. The ellipsis is telling you that there's numbers it's not showing, and then 0000, four numbers I just made up, are what the last four numbers of your bank account would be. Now, on the U.S. Bank website or within the app, you can actually create nicknames for the accounts. So 
you could call, instead of checking account dot 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 for numbers, you could just have it say my checking account. Or I could have it say Chase's checking account. So you can actually change it so that it shows something more meaningful than these numbers. But by default, you would hear checking, ellipsis, and then four numbers. And that is what I heard. I just, again, edited out the last four numbers of my bank account number just to be safe. And if I flick right again. $493.47. Link. Savings. Ellipsis. Link. There's a List saving. End. There's a savings account. And we also would have normally heard the four digits of that account's bank account number as well. So you heard the type of account, how much it has, and you heard link. So you can double tap here to actually go in and view the account. If I flick right. Selected. Accounts. Tab. One of five. We have five tabs down along, horizontally along the bottom of the screen. We have accounts. Pay. Tab. Two of five. Pay. Deposits. Deposits. Tab. Locations. Locations. Tab. More. And tab. more. But I'm going to go back to the top of the screen for a second. Checking. Ellipsis. Link. And I found my checking account, and I'm going to double tap here. And that'll show us more information about the account. Checking. Ellipsis. 4,362. Link. Account balance. List start. You hear account balance is the first thing it reads us. $716.46. And you hear how much is currently in my account. Available balance. One. $716.46. List end. And you heard account balance and available balance. And the difference between these is the account balance is how much money is actually sitting in your account currently. The available balance is how much money you can actually spend. The difference is, let's say you go out to eat at a restaurant and you pay with your debit card. It takes a few days for that transaction to process through the credit card network and for it to get taken out, but the bank knows instantly that you've paid for something. So even though the money is technically still in your account, the available balance shows you that you have purchased something. Let's just make this simple. Say you had $50 in your account. You took out $20 to buy some food. You would still have $50 in your account for a day or two until that transaction goes all the way through and gets approved, but your available balance would show $30 just to indicate that you have spent that money, you really can only spend 30 more dollars, even though that 20 you just spent hasn't been taken out. So you probably want to look at the available balance more than the account balance, because that tells you how much is actually in there that you can spend. If I flick right, transactions. Now we hear transactions, and it'll show me all of the activity going into and out of the account. Index iPhone iOS 7 HTML, link. There's an unlabeled link that we don't need to worry about, so we'll skip past it by flicking right. Index iPhone I, index I, 12 slash 30 slash 2013, link, list start, minus $37.44, link, debit purchase visa Z wireless HWI3 player 9. My last transaction was on December 30th, 2013, just two days ago as I'm recording this. If I flick right, minus $37.44. Link. It tells me how much I spent. You hear it say minus, indicating that that money was taken out. Debit purchase Visa Z Wireless HWI3 Blair 9. Link. You hear that it said debit purchase, and that was Verizon Wireless. It abbreviated it a little bit, and it told us where that store is at, so that if you weren't sure if you actually had been there, you would know. So it tells us how much we spent, how we bought it. In this case, it was a Visa purchase, what the store or place was called, and uh, part of its location, part of its address, so that we know which store we bought it at. If I flick right, 12 slash 27 slash 2013, link, minus $55.63, link, debit purchase diets music one Omaha, link. There's a purchase that I made at Deeds Music, and it tells me that that was in Omaha. So it's giving me an overview of how much I spent, the day I spent it, and where I spent that. And we could keep going. This would show you any money you've taken out, any money you've had deposited, either that you deposited yourself, automatic deposits, things like that. 
but this is just an overview of all of the activity going into and out of your account so that if you were worried about any misuse of your account, you could really go through here and make sure you knew about each transaction. Now I have scrolled past all of the other transactions. It shows you 10 transactions on the screen. At the bottom, you find next 10. Link. next 10 so you could keep going through your bank history for quite a while but i'm not going to do that here since we've looked at the format of how this works if i flick right overdraft protection link we could go into here to set up our overdraft protection on the account we're not going to be looking at all of these links today but i'm just showing you how to find everything all of these screens are accessible however short on funds u s bank credit products link and Let's there's start. a little Kind of an advertisement for U.S. bank credit products if you needed those. One, this balance shows the funds in your account that are available for withdrawal. This is the account balance minus deposited funds held, check card authorizations outstanding and other balance adjustments. Now that is a description at the bottom of the screen for the available balance, which I described earlier. If you remember when we were flicking through the top of the screen, you heard available balance one, and then you heard the amount. So this is just a description of that little one. This is kind of the footnote that goes with that number one that describes what available balance is. If I flick right. Selected. Accounts. Tab. One of five. We're back to those tabs at the bottom of the screen that we looked at earlier. So we've looked at accounts. Let's go to the next tab. Pay. Tab. Which two of five. is pay. If I double tap here, and then I move to the top of the screen with a four-finger single tap near the top of the screen. Pay and transfer. Heading. I'm just going to flick right through here and talk about a few of these items. Log out button. Make a transfer. Link. We could make a transfer of money by going here and just typing in some information. Transfer money to savings and other accounts. Link. When I first logged in, you saw that I had a checking account and a savings account. If I wanted to transfer some money from my checking account into my savings account, I could do that by, with this link. Make a payment. Link. Make payments to loans and credit cards. Link. If I had any loans or credit cards through U.S. Bank, I could make payments through here. Pay bills. Link. Save filler info and make easy payments. Link. If you wanted to do all of your bills online, like many people do these days, you could set that up here by doing all of your bills through U.S. Bank and having them send it all online instead of writing checks and having bills mailed to you. You would set that all up here. Send or receive money. Link. Choose Western Union or U.S. Bank pay a person. Link. So you could send money or receive money through here. Accounts. Tab. And we're back to the tabs at the bottom. So the pay tab really just has information about paying bills, paying credit cards, transferring money, and sending and receiving money. And these screens work differently kind of depending on what you're doing. So this is something that you probably should explore on your own if you're interested in these functions, but they are accessible. And all of these functions, again, we got to by selecting the pay tab at the bottom of the screen. If I flick right. Select deposits. Tab. Three of five. Here's a really interesting part of the app. We're at the deposits tab now. And if I double tap to select Selected. this tab. Deposits. Tab. Three of five. And I move to the top of the screen. Deposit point trademark sign. Heading. Log out. Button. Deposit check. Link. List start. We could double tap on this link to actually deposit a check using my phone or your iPod, your iPad, instead of having to take it up to the bank and deposit it. Check deposit history. Link. You could double tap here to check your history of previous deposits. How it works. Link. This List would end. describe how the online deposits work. Accounts. Tap. And that's all that's on this main screen, but I'm going to flick left how twice. Check deposit history. Deposit check. Link. List to start. deposit check, and I'm going to double tap. Deposit check. Link. List start. Move to the top of the screen Two. again. Link. Lift back. 
button. The one thing about this app, as you're noticing, is VoiceOver either doesn't tell me when a new screen is loaded, or it throws us at some random element in the middle of the screen. It doesn't always start in a logical place. So if you want to always make sure you know where you're at, you'll want to use that four-finger single tap to move to the top of the screen and start from there. Now if I flick right... Deposit chat. Heading. Log out. Button. Two. Link. List. Checking. Ellipsis. Link. Now this is asking if I want this check to be deposited into my checking account or my savings account. Checking is my first option. That's where I like my money to go. So I'm going to double tap here. Checking. Ellipsis. To select that. 4,362. Link. To select that and that'll move us to the next screen. I'm going to move to the top of the screen again. Back. Deposit check. Log out. Two. Link. Checking. Ali available balance. 716. Avail amount. List start. Okay, it tells us the amount that we currently have in the checking account, just in case we needed that. I flick past it to amount, and if I flick right... Service fee. List start. Zero dollars and fifty cents. List end. Flicking past service fee, you hear zero dollars and fifty cents. What this means is that when you deposit a check using this deposit point feature, U.S. Bank will automatically take fifty cents out of your account. So once they deposit your check, they will remove fifty cents from your account, and that fifty cents goes to, I guess, the upkeep of this online deposit service. But know that if you do a deposit online, they are going to take 50 cents to pay for this online feature. Front of check. Link. List start. We have a link that says front of check, and this actually allows you to take a picture of the front of the check. That's what you have to do to get it to deposit. So if I double tap here. Front of check. View finder. Image. We're in the standard iOS camera window here, and we hear view finder. If I flick cancel right, button. there's a cancel button. Place the check on a well-lit surface over a dark background. Make sure all four corners are visible and the phone is steady. Front of check. iPhone shutter BTN button. The iPhone shutter button is actually just the camera button that'll take the picture. And if you double tap here, you would hear the standard camera noise and the picture would be taken. And it will tell you when you try to submit the check if the picture isn't good enough. But you'll want to make sure that maybe the first time you do this, you have someone sighted around to tell you if the entire check is visible because it won't work if the entire check isn't visible, and make sure you sign the check if you need to first, just like you would do if you were taking the check to the bank to be deposited. So do sign it before you take the picture of the check. Now, I don't actually have a check here at my desk, so I'm going to flick back Place the check cancel to the cancel button. button and double tap. But deposit check. when you took the picture of a check, it would return you to this screen. Deposit check. So I'm going to flick Log out. right Two. to get Checking. to where Available we just were. Amount. Service fee. Zero. Front of check. Link. So there's List where start. we would have taken the picture of the front of the check. Back of check. Link. You would then flip. End. You would then flip the check over and take a picture of the back of the check, just like you did to the front, and then you would take a picture of it, and it works absolutely identically to how the front did. Continue. Link. Dollar. Text field. You don't want to press continue until you flick right again to look at this dollar text field, and this is where you type in the amount that is written on the check. So make sure you do type in how much the check is worth before you push the continue, continue link. link. But once you've taken a picture of the front and the back, typed in the amount of the check, then you can double tap on continue and you will be able to get that check deposited. Dot accounts pay. Ta and I flick past that text field and we're back to the tabs at the bottom. And it does take a day or two for that transaction to go through. So don't expect the money to be in your account instantly when you push that continue link. So that is the online deposits feature. If I flick right again. Selected. Deposits. Locations. Tab. Locations. Four or five. I could double tap here. Selected. Locations. Tab. Four or five. Move to the top of the screen. ATM slash bank locations. Heading. Log out. Button. Enter zip or address. Search field. Looks familiar. This is just like the screen we looked at before we logged in. So the locations tab brings us to the same screen that we were at before we logged in when we looked at the 
search for a branch or an ATM address. So we don't need to look at this again because, like I said, it works identically to how it did before. This is just a way to do that once you're logged in. Accounts. Pay. Deposit. Selected. More. Tab. I flicked five to five. past the tabs we've already looked at. Here is the More tab, which gives us just some options that didn't fit under any of the other tabs. So I'll double tap on More. Selected. More. Tab. Five to five. Move to the top of the screen. More. Heading. Flick right. Log out. See my offers. Link. List start. This will allow you to see offers for you from U.S. Bank. Go to self-service. Link. This would go to the self-service part of U.S. Bank, which we're not going to go into here because that's a whole whole different area. Register for text banking. Link. Register for text banking, which would allow you to get text messages uh, for things pertaining to your account. View policies and agreements. Link. View U.S. Bank's policies and agreements. Contact us. Contact Link. them. Rate this app. Link. This would take you to the App Store to rate the app or write a review for it if you were so inclined to do that. Accounts. Tab. And that's all that's on the More tab. So if you wanted to look at your offers or enroll in text banking, things like that, you could do that on the More tab. But most of the things you should need are either under the Accounts tab or if you're going to be depositing checks using your iOS device under the Deposits tab. That's really all there is to using the U.S. Bank app. I am going to go to the top of the screen real quick. More. Log out. Button. Double tap on Log out. Alert. Cancel button. Flick right. Log out button. This is just a confirmation to make sure you really want to log out. I do, so I'm going to double tap on log out. Help button. And we're back to the main screen that we were when we first opened the app. So I'm going to lock my screen on my iPhone. Screen lock. And that concludes the demonstration of the U.S. Bank app. As I said, it's free. It's in the App Store. Just search for U.S. Bank, and it is really accessible. It's a very nice app, very easy to use, and very powerful, as you saw from some of the things we went over. I hope this review has been helpful to you for those of you who do have U.S. Bank accounts. And the U.S. Bank website is a little more confusing than the app, but it is accessible. So usbank.com is also a website you can check out on the computer to do all of these things online as well. Thank you for listening to this review. I hope it has been helpful to you. This is Chase Crispin reviewing the U.S. Bank iOS app for ACB Radio's Main Menu. Main Menu. Hello, ACB Radio listeners. This is ACB President Kim Charlson, hoping that your holidays have been restful with opportunities to be with family or friends during this special time of the year. I always treasure the quiet holiday season because I travel so much during the course of the year through my work with ACB and with my work at Perkins. So a quiet holiday is a very nice thing. It's hard to believe that it's been almost six months since I was elected the 11th president of the American Council of the Blind. I have to acknowledge that there was a bit of a learning curve to get things started, getting an understanding of all the different things that ACB is involved with, and the areas where the president's assistance is required did take a little getting used to. One of the first tasks that I had to tackle as the new president was the appointment of new committees. And that is an important role in ACB because so much of our work gets done through the work of our task forces and committees. Another exciting opportunity that I had early in my presidency was working with Eric Bridges to bring him back to ACB as our Director of External Relations and Policy. 
Eric has contributed so much to ACB over the last six years, and it was truly an honor to work with him and bring him back in a new expanded role for the organization. In late September, I had the opportunity to chair my first ACB Board of Directors meeting in Las Vegas, which will be the site of the 2014 ACB National Convention in July. The hotel is great. The facilities are going to be very good for ACB, and the attendees will have plenty of fun and activities to keep them busy all throughout convention week. So I hope many of you will start planning to attend the 2014 convention in Las Vegas. In October, I had my first visit to the ACB National Office. I got to see the space where our hardworking staff do their day-to-day work, making news and information and activities of the American Council of the Blind known throughout the nation. I also had the opportunity on that trip to attend a special dinner at the National Industries for the Blind and to attend a meeting at the Bureau of Engraving and Printing to discuss with them current initiatives regarding the app for the iPhone and Androids to identify paper currency, and the rollout of an electronic reader for currency, as well as their current plans on development of tactile markings for paper money. There have been several other collaborations with blindness organizations that I've had the opportunity to meet with their presidents or CEOs over the last several months to strengthen and and grow relationships between ACB and these organizations. A few of them are the Office of Disability and Employment Policy, when I met with Assistant Secretary Kathy Martinez to talk about employment-related issues, Carl Augusto from the American Foundation for the Blind, Kevin Lynch from the National Industries for the Blind, and Roxanne Myros from the Vision Serve Alliance are just a few of the CEOs I've had the opportunity to talk with about ACB activities. One of the things that happens toward the end of each calendar year is the work on the ACB budget for the next year. This is always a challenge because, as many of you know, ACB's income resources are stretched, to say the least, and so we have to be creative and careful in our fiscal planning. I'm very appreciative to the ACB board for the hard work that they do to help me in the role of president. They're all very hardworking, dedicated individuals. And just as ACB has many, many people working on all of its committees and task forces as well, the work of the organization gets done through its many committees. How can you all help in 2014? Certainly, you can get engaged and volunteer to work with a committee or a task force working on an issue that you feel is important. You can make a donation to ACB or ACB Radio. That would always be appreciated. You can get more active in your local affiliate, or you can get more involved with ACB Radio if you're interested in that area. Let's all work together to make 2014 an even better year 
for blind people around the world and in the United States and in the American Council of the Blind. Happy holidays and the best to all of you in 2014. Now that we've got this song or this album, I should say, that's actually importing in the background and we're on a specific song, what if we wanted to make our own digital playlist? Well, first of all, what is a playlist? So a playlist is a custom compilation of songs and or videos. It could contain both. Probably most of what you do are going to be songs, if you're like me. And you hear that little ding? That means that all of our tracks have already been imported. So I'm going to go ahead and take my CD out because it's done. I press the button on my computer, take my CD out, put it away. All of them are in my library. Quick, easy, simple. iTunes is really fantastic that way. So, we're on this particular song. I'm going to open up my context menu. Context menu. Now, there are multiple ways that we could make playlists, but I'm going to go ahead and up arrow here. Apply sort, uncheck, delete, pop, show, new playlist from select, consolidate files, C dot, new playlist from selection, F control, shift N. It says new playlist from selection. You'll notice that the hotkey is control shift N as in Nancy. That's also a window eyes hotkey, by the way. So if you use that, you're going to have to press insert B as in boy to bypass first. So let's suppose I want to to, uh, uh, create a playlist from this particular song. So I'm going to go ahead and press enter here. Menu closed. Play targeted one intro. Time 051 Jepsy Kings. Album Jepsy Kings Live. Genre prop one of one list box. Graphic. And interestingly enough, iTunes decided that it wanted Grand to default stop graphic. Graphic. Left. Dialogue. iTunes. Moderator. So let's relaunch it. Moderator. Desktop. iTunes list view. iTunes 3 of 10. Computers sources tree view. iTunes. Sources. Sources. Alright, so now that we've got this open again, let's go back Allegria, to the song. Time here. Two, Allegria, time 251, Gypsy Kings, album Gypsy Kings Live, genre prop 1 of 20. Alright, let's try this very first one we have here. Context, Context menu. menu. Apply sort, uncheck, select, delete, copy, show in playlist, S4, new playlist from selection, F, control, shift, N. So we're going to say new playlist from selection. Menu closed. 1 Allegria, time 251, Gypsy Kings, album Gypsy Kings Live, genre prop 1 of 1 list box. And iTunes doesn't want to cooperate, it just wants to crash when we do that. Moderator wants attention. Movies, I music, I clouds F. Context playlist P control M. So we'll go this route. Instead of making it from that particular song, we're gonna do an Alt F and to go to the file menu, go to new and then playlist, which is also control N. Menu default OK button. Name playlist. Enter a name for the says, playlist playlist edit box. Enter a name for the playlist. So we'll just call this I-T-U-N-E-S-W-E-B-I-N-R. Sources, sources, tree view, iTunes. All right, let's go back to our list of one. music. Music, iCloud, library, playlist, one of three, depth two. F6 Allegria. over to our music. Allegria. T- and context I'm going to open up a context menu here and then up and out to show add the playlist. Add playlist to pull down. Right here. iTunes Webinar I. And it says iTunes Webinar because that's the playlist that I just created. So I did a control N, created a new playlist. Then I went and found a piece of music that I wanted to add to this playlist. And I'm going to press enter on this. Menu closed. And now, that particular playlist has that song in it. Well, let's add another song. Let's go 
to a Johnny Cash song here. H. Happily, time 544. He is not silent. Hurt. I cloud download. Time 339. Johnny Cash. Uh, silence that. I'm going to do a um, context menu. Context menu. Go to add to playlist by up arrowing. Apply. Uncheck. Delete. Copy. Add to playlist to pull down. Right arrow. iTunes Webinar I. Let's add. Menu closed. iTunes adding iCloud items to playlist will download a copy to your computer. Do not ask me again. Checkbox. Uncheck default. Add to playlist A button. Cancel C button. Now add to playlist A button. Remember, the last song I did was one that I imported from a CD. This is one that I actually have in the cloud and don't have a copy of currently because I've got, uh, you'll remember from last time, I'm using an iTunes account here. So I'm going to go ahead and say iTunes. add it. Okay, button. And it's going to give me a dialog that iTunes, tells me that. iTunes, your computer that. is not authorized. You must authorize this computer before you can download previous purchases. Okay, oh, button. That I've got an authorized computer. So if Use you get that message... What you do is you go to the store yes. by Back pressing Alt H. You can down arrow and you get authorize to authorize this computer. This computer. And I'll press Enter. Menu there. closed. Authorize this computer. Password P secure. Stop star. You type in your password and press Enter. iTunes. Music downloading. Heart time 3:39. Star star. Hopefully I have the right password. iTunes. iTunes. Did you forget your password? Apparently your password was password. iTunes. Okay. Music Anyways, that's how you would authorize it. You can do up to five. Let's select a in different color. one. Time four. Context menu. So we do context uh, menu add on to playlist color. Go to add playlist. iTunes webinar I. Menu closed. All right. Now we've got another one there set to our playlist. So I'm going to F6 back over to our tree view. Search library edit block. Sources. Music. iCloud library playlist one of three tree view. There's our sources tree view. And I'm going to start down arrowing here. Movies. TV show. iTunes store, shared sources. Home sharing. Like genius sources expanded in four of five depth one. <laughs> Genius Library Playlist, Playlist Sources Expanded, 5 so of 5, here's Depth playlist. 1, 90s Music Library Playlist, 1 of 7, Depth 2. So you notice here's a 90s Music Playlist. I didn't make this. It was automatically made. We'll talk about this in a second. Classical Music, my top recently, recently, top 25 iTunes Webinar Playlist, 7 of 7. All right, there's my iTunes Webinar Playlist. So if I press F6. Two songs, eight minutes, static box. All right, down arrow. Oops, excuse me, press One F6. Allegria, time 250. One Allegria, down arrow, time so 251. if I press enter on this, it should start One Allegria, playing. time 251, Gypsy Kings, album Gypsy Kings Live, genre pop 1 of 2. So it's playing in the background, and you'll remember that if I want to go to the next song, I can press my right arrow. One Allegria, time 251, Gypsy Kings, album Gypsy Kings Live, genre pop 1 of 2. Now the next song is playing, notice it's still reading the other song, because it's still on the list focused on that other list, focused on the other song. But I could left arrow and go back to that. One Allegria, time 251, Gypsy Kings, album Gypsy Kings Live. One Allegria, time 251, Gypsy Kings, album Gypsy Kings Live. All right, I'm going to press my space bar there. One Allegria, so we've actually successfully made a playlist with two songs in it. If I press F6, Allegria static box. Gypsy Kings, Gypsy Kings Live 005 static. Search library edit box. Sources iTunes webinar playlist 7 of 7 tree view. I'm on my iTunes webinar playlist here. Let's check out what you can do if you open up your context menu key. Context menu. Sources. If I down arrow. Rename our dialog. I could rename this. Export e-dialog. I could export this playlist. So maybe I've um, got another device that I want to import a playlist, like an M3U playlist. I could export that to that device. Burn playlist to disk B. I could burn this to a CD. Let's see what happens if I do that. I press enter menu here. closed. Burn settings. What comes up are my burn settings, so I can actually tab through this dialog, and I can find out audio CD, radio button, I want to make this an audio CD, an MP3 CD, or a data CD. Once I've decided, I just tab to the burn button, 
press enter and it'll burn these items to my playlist. So if you've downloaded digital music but then want to go back and make a CD, you've got that ability. And maybe you want to make a specific CD with these songs. You can do that using a playlist. iTunes. Sources. Sources. Press escape. I'm back on that Top uh, iTunes webinar playlist iTunes 7 webinar. Go back into my context menu. Context menu. Rename export playlist to disk B. Right. I keep down arrowing. Copy to play order C. Copy to play order. Duplicate D. I could duplicate this playlist, or in my case, delete D. If I want to delete it, I'll press Enter. Delete D button. Menu closed. iTunes. Are you sure you want to delete the playlist? iTunes webinar. Do not ask me again. Checkbox unchecked. Default. Delete D button. Cancel C button. Delete D button. The default button is delete, so I press Enter. iTunes. Sources tree view. Sources. That playlist is Read gone. Read 25 most played library playlist 6 of 6. And now I'm on the previous playlist that was just above that, which is the top 25. So that's a way you can add playlists. Now, these other playlists that are already here... Recently played library playlist 5 of 6. <coughs> Excuse me. These are what are called smart playlists. iTunes makes these by default. And so apparently I must like 90s music because... I have a 90s music uh, smart playlist. But a smart playlist can make things um, based on certain criteria that you add. So uh, the official definition is that uh, iTunes can create playlists based on rules that you specify and then uh, update these playlists automatically as your library changes. So these are called smart playlists. Now, before we talk about those, let's talk about a couple more things in regards to track names or songs. So I'm going to do a Control-1 one. to go music. to Music. iCloud Library Playlist F6. 1 of 3. In color, Time 451, Jamie Johnson, Album at Lonesome Song, Genre Country 12 of 26 list box. All right. So first of all, if I wanted to change the name of this song, if I wanted to rename it, I could press F2. In color, Time 451, Jamie Johnson, Album at Lonesome Song, Genre Country 12 of 26. And in I color, Edit Box. I could start typing a, a new name here. It said edit box. I could just call this blah and press enter. That would change the name. It would also change the name where the tags are. So just in case you need to change the name of a song, you're able to do that. Now, additionally, if I press escape here. In color, time 451, Jamie Johnson. Something that you would not be aware of and something that's reversed from about the way every single other application works is that there are check marks or check boxes in front of every single one of these songs. Every time you import a song, video, it doesn't matter what it is, it automatically has a check in front of it. Well, Windowize doesn't speak that by default because it would be really annoying if every time you arrow to something you'd hear checked in color, checked, hurt, checked, this, checked, that, it would just be really frustrating. So instead, we read things when they're unchecked. And if I do a context menu here... Context menu. Apply sort field or uncheck selection U. It says uncheck selection. I'll press enter. Menu closed. And Download failed. Down Unchecked in color. Time 451. Jamie Johnson. Album at Lonesome Song. Genre country 12. Of Did you notice that time it said unchecked in color. Everything else is checked. This isn't really important unless you're putting things into playlists. And we're going to talk about these smart playlists. But again, by default, everything is checked. This is... Um, kind of different than selecting songs because you could still do a shift up and down arrow and select songs but these actually have physical check boxes in front of them it's just a something special in regards to the way itunes works so if we want to create this smart playlist here now that you've kind of heard some other things that you can do to these songs this is going to make sense when you're in a smart playlist if i do an alt f f 
File pull down. You and pull down. I go to new. Playlist P control N. You'll remember this from when we were in playlists a little bit ago. If I down arrow. Playlist from selection F control shift N. Down arrow again. Smart playlist S control alt N dialog. Notice that the hot key for a smart playlist is control alt N. There was an also an item here that says playlist from selection. So you have the ability to do shift up and down arrow uh, to select songs. Currently you cannot do non-consecutive selection. You can't do control up and down arrow with spacebar. It has to be consecutive. So you could do a, a playlist from a selection by pressing control shift N as in Nancy. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and press enter on smart playlist. Menu closed. Smart playlist. Edit box. Now this dialog has an edit box. You'll notice that it's unnamed, but it's actually unnamed for a reason. And that's because it has to do with settings or, or options that are before it. And so what I'm going to do is shift tab back to the beginning of this dialog. Contains artist comp match the following rule and checkbox checked. So a smart playlist is going to create a playlist based on certain criteria that you enter. And you can have lots and lots of criteria. These are kind of like if-then statements almost in some regards. So if it has this certain criteria, then put it in a playlist. And as you add new songs, for example, when I imported the CD, it would have added those things automatically to certain playlists. So I've got this checkbox here that says... Match the following rule and checkbox checked. Match the following rule. So what rule is this? If I tab... Artist combo box 4 of 44. My first combo back says artist. Well, I also have... Bit rate 5 of 44. BPM 6 of 40. Category 7 of 44. There's 44 different items here. I'm going to go back up to artist. Artist 4 of 44. Press enter. And I'm going to tab. Contains combo box 1 of 6. All right. It says contains. Well, what other items do I have here? Oh, excuse me. I'm gonna down arrow. Does not contain two of six. Does not contain. Is three of six. Is. Is not four of six. Is not. Starts with five of six. Starts with. Ends with six of six. And ends with. So, I could say, um, set up a playlist list of everything that has an artist that starts with the letter C or something like that. I'm gonna go back is, up to contains. That contains one of six. The easiest, and then tab. Edit box. And this is that edit box where we started from. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm going to just say in here contains um, J A M E Y. And uh, space J O H N S O N. That's our music we've been listening to. If I tab, add button. I could add an additional rule if I wanted to. Group, dialog, and I button. I could add additional rules in regards to groupings. So if you want to get more complex with this, you have the ability to do that. Limit to L checkbox unchecked. So this says, okay, of these things that contain Jamie Johnson, how many things do I want? If I check this checkbox. 25 edit box. It says 25. Well, 25 what? Items combo box 5 of 5. So I could say 25 items. GB 4 of 5. Gig. MB 3 of 5. Meg. Hours 2 of 5. Hours. Minutes 1 of 5. Minutes. Items 5 of 5. Items, so basically no more than 25 songs of stuff that starts or that has Jamie Johnson. Tab again. Selected by S random combo box 1 of 13. Selected by random, what are my other options? Album 2 of artist 3 of genre 4 of main 5 of highest ratings, lowest rating set, most recently played, least recently played 9 of 13. So most you've got a three of range albums, of random one of 13. you can explore after you go through this, after listening to this training session. So I'm just going to say randomly. Match only checked items, see checkbox unchecked. Match only the checked items, so leave that unchecked. Live updating, you checkbox checked. Again, live updating, so when I add new stuff, it'll update automatically. Help button. 
OK button. All right. And I'm going to press Enter on the OK button. iTunes. Name playlist. Enter a name for the playlist Jamie Johnson edit box. Well, that was the name of the smart playlist, so let's just accept that by pressing Enter. iTunes. Jamie Johnson, one unchecked. In color. Time 451. Jamie Johnson. Album that lonesome song. Genre country, one of one. All right. And so I'm actually automatically in my playlist, and I've got my song here that's inside of my playlist. You'll remember that um, you can rate various songs. We just heard that in the smart playlist. I'm going to do a control one, one. go back to Unchecked. music. In color, time 451, intro, time 051, Gypsy Kings, album Gypsy Kings Live. Genre so here's the Gypsy Kings again. So let's suppose I was Intro, listening to this. So Gypsy Kings, album Gypsy Kings Live, genre pop 13 of 26. And suppose I really like this. Can kind of hear some of the beginning here. I'm going to jump forward with Control Alt Right Arrow. Right, suppose Intro, I really like that. I can do a context menu. Context menu. And I can go until it says rating by pressing my down arrow. Play it, play it, get info. Just get info. Rating our pull down. And then rating. If I press enter on that. None unchecked. None. One star one. Two stars two. Three stars three. Down arrowing. Four stars four. Five stars five. If I really like it, I can press enter. Menu closed. And then Kalimba. Time five. Closely here. Play targeted. Intro. Time zero fifty one. Jep Seekings. Album Jep Seekings Live. Genre pop. Rating five stars thirteen of twenty six. All right, so this time we've got five stars. So let's suppose I'm playing this. Space. All right, maybe I really, really like this song, so I want to repeat it. Space. I'm going to pause that, and I'm going to do an Alt-C to go into Control. C, play P-Space. And I'm going to go ahead and up arrow till I hear Shuffle. Repeat, repeat. Shuffle, let's pull down. Or excuse me. Repeat our pull repeat. down. If I open that up by pressing Enter. Go checked. Off, all, all, one in, or one. So I could repeat everything in the playlist, or just a specific, uh, specific song. Or if I've got it set to album, I can repeat everything in the album, or just this specific song. Repeat our pull down. What about under shuffle? Shuffle let's pull down. So I pressed escape, and then I went and up arrow to shuffle. So I'm in the controls menu, and I can press enter. Turn here. on shuffle T. So I could turn the shuffle on, and I could shuffle by. By songs all checked. By albums out. By groupings G. So all of these different items, I could have iTunes shuffle. I'm going to press escape Controls here. menu closed. Now iTunes itself has something called Genius Shuffle. And you can turn Genius Shuffle on by pressing Control Spacebar. Now I may not have enough songs in my library for it to match another song. But let's go ahead and give it a shot. I'm going to press Spacebar. Space. So I'm playing this song. And say, oh, I really like this song, but I listen to it all the time because I like it so much iTunes, figure out another song that's in my library that's just like this song. Well, I'm going to do a control space bar. Space. And I don't have enough inside of this library because I have very few songs, but space. if I had more songs inside of this library, iTunes would automatically just jump me to the very next song, and I would be hearing something that iTunes thinks is very similar just based on information that's um, programmed into iTunes itself. So, we have covered quite a bit of information here, and we actually did almost uh, take up the full hour. But before we reach 3 o'clock, I want to go ahead and open up the floor for questions. Again, this is part two of this series, so if you have questions about part one, feel free to ask those things, and uh, we'll do our best to try and go ahead and answer them for you. Again, if you haven't listened to part one, make sure that you do. 
uh, because you'll get lots of information from that as well. And uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and open up the floor. Remember that you can press control to uh, hold down your microphone and, and speak. Jeremy, we already have one comment that was posted in the chat area by our friend Nolan. And he asks, once these items are unchecked, are they then also removed from your iDevice and or the library? So he was referring to when you have um, a song unchecked in your list of songs. Can you try to field that question for Nolan, please? Yep. Hi, Nolan. Good question. They're still in your library. So, for example, I unchecked that song, but it's still there. It, it's a very, very weird concept because it's not like a normal checking a checkbox type item. Um, there is a way, if memory serves, and I don't have my iDevice connected at the moment, but there is a way that you could um, go back to your iDevice and say, only sync checked items. So if you have that option selected, then yeah, it could theoretically remove that track from your um, iDevice, but it's not going to remove it from your library simply by unchecking it. Good question. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks very much for that. Uh commiserations with that throat of yours. I don't use iTunes for playing music very much and I certainly don't sync it to the iPhone. What I'm more interested in at this stage is if I wanted to put a file such as a PDF or something like that onto my iPhone, how do I achieve that with iTunes? So in that case, you actually have to have an app that will allow file transfer. And I don't have an iDevice connected to this machine, but what you have to do, um, just kind of generically, is is go to your tree view. You'll find your iDevice there, find your sync settings, and then inside of the sync settings, um, and I'm doing this from memory, there's a way to actually go to your apps and tell that app to sync those particular files, and you have to select them. Um, but it, if I remember correctly, it will vary depending on which app you use to actually sync the files over. Um, it's something that I don't do that often, so I don't know it off the top of my head, but that's a very generic uh, way that it can be done. I'm sorry I don't have real specific details on exactly how that functions. I think that's answered it for me, though, because what I need, well, fairly obviously anyway, it would be an app on the phone that would play that, or sorry, uh, would work with that particular file, whether it's a PDF or a text, or I presume a text file would you could use the, the notes facility, I'll have a look at that to start with. Um, so then you, you select that when, you, when you're thinking, yeah, that makes a fair bit of sense. Thanks very much. Sure, no problem. That's a really good question. And uh, Phil Kitchen said, don't forget that control E, that's control echo, will eject a CD. And that's uh, very true, a really handy feature, especially if your computer does not have the button on it anymore that ejects because I know some laptops have optical drives but they don't have an eject button. And Trent just posted a question in the text chat asking if there's a way to change the pitch of a song or the speed of the song during playback. So Jeremy, are there any ways to adjust the playback settings of a particular song in iTunes? There is an equalizer that you can mess with. Unfortunately, it's not very accessible. Um, you could obviously change the bass and the treble in regards to the pitch. I don't currently know of a way to adjust the speed of a particular song. I'm trying to think back to my audible content if there's a way to adjust the 
speed when there's a, a book that's being played back, and I can't remember uh, for certain. So I'm going to have to say I'm not sure regarding the speed, but there is regarding the pitch. It's just not very easy to make that happen. And I was just going to add as a quick side note, it's nice for people to have different options on their computer to complete their jobs. So while iTunes is a very powerful media player, there are others out there that might um, have features that you're looking for that may not be available. So just as a quick shout out for Winamp, which is a very popular media player, um, please note that future development of the product has now ceased. So you might want to go out there and if you haven't already done so, uh, get the download for it, and that way you can still continue to take advantage and have multiple media player options. So depending on the task at hand, you can pull out the right tool for the right job. But obviously iTunes is a very robust and powerful tool, and it's very feature-rich, so hopefully it'll meet most of your needs. Very good point, and definitely really good information to know about Winamp. Are there any other questions that you all have today? All right. Well, we wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for coming to the GW Micro Webinar Part 2 on iTunes. And uh, looking forward to seeing you all next time. Don't forget that you can go to gwmicro.com slash training for custom training solutions, custom training support, and uh, any other things that you want to know about training from GW Micro are on that page, www.gwmicro.com slash training. Also, the webinar recording and worksheets can be found at www.gwmicro.com slash webinar underscore training. Thank you very much, Andrew. Really, really appreciate you all coming, and uh, definitely glad it was worth it. We'll put up the recording, and I hope you all, at least for you that are in the States, have a happy Thanksgiving. For those of you who are outside of the States, really appreciate you guys coming. It means a lot. you again for being with us today on main menu we always appreciate having you here we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you back again here next week on main menu